0: Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, December twelfth, and I'm Blair Kirchhoff. How are we feeling about the Chiefs today? Hey, they're ten and three after beating the Denver Broncos on Sunday. That's fourteen straight wins over a team that used to torment the Chiefs. You remember those Peyton Manning and John Elway days? But the Chiefs won by six in a game they led twenty-seven to nothing. Patrick Mahomes' three interceptions and some inconsistent play by the defense paved the way for the Denver comeback. On today's show, star columnist Sam McDowell and beat writer Jesse Newell discuss the ups and downs of the game and what it means for the Chiefs going forward. The show started as a post-game beat Live. Let's get started. Hello from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live. This is our Chiefs post-game show. The Chiefs just beat the Denver Broncos 34-28 and we're here to talk about it with Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell and with you. So please send us your questions and comments and join in the conversation. Uh, before we get started, just want to thank you for uh, for you all being flexible with your time. We're actually going earlier than we usually do after a game. Uh, That will be the case next week as well when the Chiefs play the Houston Texans. That's a noon kickoff, and we'll be coming some half hour after the game. And then after that, we'll we'll see from there. But uh, thanks for being flexible with us. There's a lot to talk about in this Chiefs win over the Denver Broncos. On the good side, 14 straight victories for Kansas City against Denver. Uh, Patrick Mahomes still has not lost a road game to, uh, to an AFC West opponent. Travis Kelsey hit milestones uh, became the fifth tight end in history with 10,000 yards in the seventh 1000 yard receiving season so some a lot of good things happened to the Chiefs for two and a half quarters 27 to nothing lead and I thought it was going to be one of those name your score games for the Chiefs and I thought the Broncos were just completely out of it then Patrick Mahomes who had been so good good early I thought was so ordinary he looked like an ordinary quarterback after that and I think let the let the Broncos back in the game Sam let's start with uh, Patrick Mahomes in his game I, I you know I, I think that's the reason this game ended up being as close as it was
1: yeah I agree with you Blair um, I mean first of all he had probably his most remarkable play of the season just one of those yep. Patrick Mahomes-esque moments that you feel like really only he's capable of delivering but you know Patrick Mahomes for about 3 weeks now has been saying he he's got to get rid of that one dumb play a game well he didn't make one dumb play today he made he made four or five dumb plays today and he was lucky before his first two interceptions that a couple others were not intercepted i, I thought it was the first time in a really long time that we saw him and the tight end not always on the same page and a couple of the the errant passes were Travis Kelsey in a different spot than than the spot that Patrick Mahomes expected him to settle into the Broncos zone defense underneath. But he also just made some ill-advised throws. And I mean, Blair, you said you thought the game was over. Patrick Mahomes' carelessness implied that he might have thought this this game was over and the Chiefs were going to run away with it. It's 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 a win at the end of the day. And I mean the Chiefs are still tied for the top seed. Of course, Buffalo has the tiebreaker. Um, but It's not a game anyone in that locker room should feel good about and certainly eager to read what Vahe and Herbie, who are on the ground there in Denver, um, say about that. Because usually it's pretty distinct. All three of us have been in plenty of locker rooms. It's usually pretty distinct whether or not the team won or lost. I think today there might be a little bit of a mixed feeling after, you know, eking by a really bad football team.
0: Yeah, not just Andy Reid, but I'll be curious to hear Patrick Mahomes as well give his self-assessment. Uh, he come, he speaks to the media after every game. Uh, Jess, there's there's much more going on in this game, but let's keep it on Patrick Mahomes for a while. I, listen, the, the, the Broncos linebacker, Josie Jewell, who I did not know uh, before today, uh, I thought he made two outstanding – his his interceptions were – especially the first one I just thought was an outstanding play uh, when he – sneered the ball away from from Travis Kelsey but three picks in a game for Mahomes only the second I think it this third time in his career he's had three in the first time first time since the Miami game in 2020 and uh, I'm just not used to seeing it from home I, I, I thought he was on his way to maybe one of his best games ever when he had the, you know, the, 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 the two touchdowns no picks Chiefs are up 27 to nothing and uh, It was it was not to be. So just, Jesse, take us uh, through your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and his game. Yeah,
2: I mean, this one's difficult because it's sort of kind of what has happened to Chiefs fans now. It's thinking about the standards that you have for this team and you have for this quarterback. I was looking at a graphic uh, this past week that showed Patrick Mahomes by week judging his performance. And there was kind of a bar right in the middle that shows like an average performance. And it showed his years throughout the Chiefs. And we saw last year, he had below average performances like against the Giants and against the Packers. And we saw he kind of rose above that played better until the end of the season. And then it had that Bengals game. Obviously it was notable because every single game this year, Patrick Mahomes was above that average line. So we have not seen a below average performance from him all year. So, Again, it's sort of like grading the curve. We're not used to these performances from Patrick Mahomes. I was looking at his expected points added uh, on the great website RBSDM.com, and look around right around six expected points added. Usually, he's somewhere in the fifteen to twenty range. And again, this just speaks to how important your quarterback is, and how important your quarterback is when you have Patrick Mahomes. So, I would venture to say that if that graphic comes out this week and they show Mahomes' performances, it's going to be the first one below that average bar. And that just goes to show you how important that how important that quarterback position is and also how consistent Patrick Mahomes has been this year. I mean, that's why we've been talking about him on an MVP level because when he is a little bit off, when things don't go his way, and again, the Broncos made a couple really good plays on the interceptions, we all sit here and go, man, what's wrong? What's going on with Patrick Mahomes? But, you know, Sam sort of said it earlier. This is it's one of those games. I mean, we're not talking about that Chargers game week two that they won and could have lost without a pick six. We're not talking about the Raiders game at home anymore. We're talking about the record, which is 10-3. and three. And so um, the, the fact that – the order of things went the way they did. We're all talking about, oh man, the Chiefs almost blew this, but the important thing is they didn't, and they were able to get that win, and, and like Sam said, I'm sure this is going to be a mixed locker room, but all in all, getting to 10-3 and three and remaining and keeping pace with Buffalo, that was the most important thing, even if it came in a very, very ugly way.
1: Blair, the the one piece of this that's sort of inexcusable, and it's not just the Chiefs, but most particularly on Patrick Mahomes, is the thing we heard most frequently from this team and particularly the quarterback throughout training camp was what they learned from that Cincinnati game was a game's never over. And we've not seen that quality or that mindset play out during the season. It was just two weeks ago that our colleague Vahe Gregorian was writing after a Rams game about how they cannot close teams out as well as they should be. And I thought the Rams was a little bit more excusable because they had the best red zone defense in the NFL. The chiefs, if they had struggled to score against Denver, we, I think we all would have said, okay, the Broncos do have a really talented defense and their secondary, you know, pro football focus rates. Their second, their coverage as the best in the NFL. It was a tough matchup, but the fact that it was, you know, the Broncos didn't stay in this game. The chiefs brought them back in the game. They asked the Broncos to come back in this game. And then, you know, I mean, the Broncos scored mo- more points than they have all season, and I'm, I'm sure that's a point we'll we'll get to soon, Blair. But it's it's not an indicative performance of a team that has the the sort of aspirations it does. It doesn't mean you can't win the Super Bowl, of course, but it's just it's not really great signs for a, a team that should have learned this lesson back in January.
2: Sam, it sounds like you read my game story at KansasCity.com. Good job. <laughs> uh, no, guy, you guys were both there. We were with Andy Reid. In August, during training camp, and what was the word he kept saying to us that they learned from the AFC Championship game? Edge. He kept saying they need to play with an edge. They need to to finish off when you have a team like that and not think a game is over. And so your point is very valid. I mean, I even noticed uh, on the franchise video that they do that if you go up the locker room up to where they go on to Arrowhead Stadium, the last word you see painted on the wall, the Chiefs painted the word on the wall, is edge. I mean, that is what Andy Reid has sort of focused this whole season around is that word. And like you said, Sam, that's got to be turned around. I mean, the Chiefs, let's be honest, the next three weeks, it's going to be like this Broncos game at Houston, at home against Seattle, at home against Denver. They're going to be heavy favorites in all those games. And so this is an opportunity for these guys to show Andy Reid and the coaching staff, this is something they believe in, and also the coaching staff as well, because we saw some conservative play calls as well from the Chiefs. We saw them not go for on fourth down. We saw them do different things in that aspect to not go for that edge as well. So I think this is – this is an important moment for the Chiefs, just because, again, if this is something you're going to value and say is very important, especially based off of how last year ended, then you need to show it on the field. The one thing I will say, Sam, is third and 11, they made the play. The next series, they made the play. Isaiah Pacheco running through two tacklers, they made the play. If they'd have done that against Cincinnati, we'd probably talk about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They did at least bounce back and make the plays on the stretch to win this football game.
0: And they did it on defense, too. The the Chris Jones pressure on, on Brett Ripon that – Forced the inter- that prompted the interception by Lejarius Sneed was uh, was it was a big time call. So I, I had the same sense too as I'm watching the the third quarter unfold when the Broncos got the touchdown to open the uh, the second half and make it a six point game. Um, I'm saying to myself, the Broncos aren't the Bengals. Uh, the, the Bengals were a talented team. The Chiefs left the door open and the Bengals were good enough to walk through it and then close the door on the Chiefs. The Broncos aren't good enough to do this. I, I didn't think. I even when it got to 27-21 I thought the Chiefs would find a way. but what really bothered me was the Chiefs going three and out on their first two possessions of the second half. And that to me suggested that they absolutely didn't learn anything from the, the Bengals loss when they, went, they got uh, uh, they, they just they, they just could not come up with a first down if you're all world quarterback and the nation or the, the nation. the NFL's top scoring offense, could not come up with a first down just to just to change the feel of the game in that moment that had clearly swung uh, toward toward the Broncos. Yeah, um, that uh, on my list of kind of disappointments, and I've got some individual players on that list as well that we'll get to. But you know the way they came out in the third quarter, I thought was just um, you know I, I thought they had learned that and, and gotten past that. And listen, they got to give Broncos all the credit in the world. They do have a very good defense. They play two, and they play hard, and they're playing for pride, and they're playing in their stadium, and their fans started to get behind it. The half of the stadium, which was you know Broncos fans, half which was Chiefs fans, according to you know my son who was at the game. But uh, uh, it, am, am I wrong about that? Is that should the fact that the Chiefs could not you know move the ball early in the third quarter? was I, I find that to be problematic.
1: Well, it's unusual, you know. Uh, heading into this game, the Chiefs had not lost a third quarter all year. Right. Um, they had only three times even tied in the third quarter. They had outscored their opponent the other nine times. Um, part of that is because you know every time they win the toss, they they defer. Not every team does that. Um, so sometimes they're working with an extra possession in there. But um, I, I mean, to me, Blair it comes down to the the two interceptions that Patrick Mahomes threw in the second quarter that we've already covered, but. Even so, I mean, the, the, the defense has to at some point help them out. It, they went three consecutive drives, the Broncos did. Russell Wilson only has, I, I, you know, for the people that are, are sort of catching up on the season the Broncos are, are having, he's only had 11 touchdowns all year, and he threw three of them in consecutive drives. And the Broncos averaged, I think it was like 11 and a half points or uh, yards per play the Broncos scored more points than they have all season. They hadn't scored more than 23 points. They only once scored more than 21 points in a game. So trust me, the opponents get a lot more difficult than the Denver Broncos offense. And, you know, the chief Stevens went through about a four game stretch where you thought they might have something here, but I want to see it more than against Malik, Will- Malik Willis more than against um, Perkins um, for the Rams. And, Last week, they took a major step back against the best competition they'd seen in a while, and now that they're playing like this against this kind of competition, I, I wonder what happens, you know, when it comes in playoffs and, and the Chiefs really need a stop. You mentioned it, Blair that they did get a stop today, um, and, and Jesse, you too, the, as, you know, these those deep third-down plays that they had to have, but I didn't see a defense out there that, that could help the Chiefs win in January, and it, it's one of game. It's one out of 17. But I think it's becoming more of an alarming trend than some one-off performance we saw from their defense today.
2: Blair, or I'm um, sorry, Sam. Broncos scored 29 combined points their last three games. Scored 28 points today. I mean, that's that's that basically all you need to say on this one. Um, I'm and and about- just a
1: just a quick caveat, Jesse, because I think a lot of people might say, "Oh, but the turnovers." The Broncos once uh, traveled 42 yards downfield on one of those turnovers, which was a touch, which only took them four plays, by the way. The other ones didn't really lead to short fields, so. Uh, but 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 go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, twenty nine points, three games, twenty eight points today. Uh, I'm officially concerned about the secondary. I mean, I don't know what else to really say about it. Um, Joshua Williams obviously had his eye opening moment last week against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Um, the Chiefs kind of implemented the old cliche, kind of like the burn the boats, where they took all their rookies, they put them on the roster, they released veterans. They were going to go with these guys and there was a point in the second half where Jalen Watson was out there. We haven't seen him much. He had a cast on in the locker room a couple weeks ago. So I think he's been battling through an injury, but that spoke to me that they potentially moved Joshua Williams out and put Jalen Watson in, and then he got beat on a touchdown. So this thing's got to get fixed. Um, it's, it's again, it's, it's great for the chiefs to draft these guys. It's great to develop them. And if you get it right, you've got yourself set for a long period of time with guys. Do you feel are really talented, but at this moment, it's a concern. I mean, one Thornhill is a concern. Uh, Justin Reed has played okay recently, but again, he's, he's not part of helping you get out of this. And then, you know, the secondary guys, McDuffie got cooked today worse than he's been cooked all season. I thought, and then you add that to the other rookies in there where they were just kind of rotating them. And uh, whether it was pass interference calls or getting beat down the field or Jerry Judy, just taking over, um, that's a concern right, right now. I think the secondary is something that, uh, you know, the chiefs with all the guys that they got, they, you know, they've got coach Merritt there who historically has done a great job. Steve Spagnuolo has a, has a history of being a secondary coach, all those sorts of things. You know, you sort of bank on yourself to help fix these guys, fix the problem and, and help these guys through this. But uh, right now that is, that is a problem that needs to be solved. And we need to see more from the chiefs in upcoming weeks. If you want to feel co- more confident or at least more confident about their chances when it comes through the
1: playoffs. I think yeah, Blair. But, just to add on to what, go ahead, Blair.
0: Well, I was just going to say, just to, uh, to support what Jesse was saying, the you know the Broncos, two of their bigger plays today was the fourth and four uh, deep ball that got uh, uh, Trent McDuffie turned around. And it was a forty six yard pass interference penalty on fourth and fourth and four. Uh, I, I saw that one coming. And, and then Brett Rippon's touchdown um, on, on a fourth and goal with the seven chiefs had done a good job to keep him out of the end zone until then and then again against a rookie cornerback they, they get the you know they, they get the touchdown to, to close it to 34 28 but I will say this about the defense what a great start for them the, the first three Broncos possessions the Chiefs get a sack on each of those and they keep them out of uh, you know they, they force a punt and on the fourth possession that's the one where Willie gay jr taps the ball to himself and Uh, and takes it in for a a defensive touchdown. So I thought it wasn't the defense that let down in the first half. It was the Mahomes interceptions that I think changed the nature of the game and the feel of the game. And I I, I guess I'm not as down on the defense as a whole as you guys are. I thought they had a good game plan, but I am concerned about rookie cornerbacks against good quarterbacks. And I'm not sure that's what we saw today with the Broncos.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, to – Really underscore what Jesse said. One thing we really haven't talked about is Juan Thornhill is not having a good year. And I think he's getting a bit of a free pass because he's the Dan Sorensen replacement. And it's sort of the backup quarterback. Um, and and the city was Dan Sorensen's replacement, you know, really could do no wrong, but he's not having a great year. And, you know, the other problem with, with their coverage is their linebackers aren't, haven't been great in coverage, right? You know, the, we're seeing tight ends and running backs beat the chiefs pretty consistently. Now that was the knock on Nick Bolton coming out of college. Um, but yeah, to Jesse's point, I mean, you look at the passing chart last week and I haven't looked at it yet this week, but Joe Burrow killed him down between the hashes. And, you know, I think it is a little bit alarming that McDuffie had a bad day. Um, his is not a trend. I don't think beating up on the, the this team's safeties is becoming a trend. And you better believe that the teams are gonna that face them in the playoffs are gonna be looking at that. And there's not a lot of tape out there that shows Juan Thornhill as a as a shutdown guy. And they put him in coverage a lot because they blitz. They feel like they need to blitz extra guys to get home, and that leaves Juan Thornhill a little, a little bit of a little bit exposed. But the one the one. Silver lining of this defensive performance is they didn't get to Joe Burrow at all last week. Same sort of situation this week where everybody in the league is sacking Russell Wilson. They got to him six times a day. And if you would have told me they would have sacked Russell Wilson six times a day, I would have thought the Broncos would have had trouble reaching double digits.
2: And it would have been seven if Chris Jones had count, but instead he just forces interception, which is more valuable anyway. No, you hit on the point I was going to make, Sam, which is how crazy is I was thinking back to the trade deadline and how many Chiefs fans were like, need help on the defensive line, need help on the defensive line, need more pressure. I was looking up the numbers today. The Chiefs are probably going to be top three in the NFL in sacks after this week. I mean, how remarkable is that? And and they got a guy, you know, I thought Brandon Williams played pretty well today in his limited snaps to be able to potentially give them some help on the interior alongside Chris Jones, which they desperately needed this year. So it, it is a crazy thing to kind of think about because about a month ago, a month and a half ago, we were all talking about, hey, they need another guy to get to the quarterback. And all of a sudden, now you got Karloftis is getting there. Frank Clark is doing his thing. Carlos Dunlap has been disruptive, obviously Chris Jones, uh, and then, you know, uh, guys like Derek Nani, uh and Mike Dana, I mean, they're showing up more than they did early in the season. So it was kind of a weird game if you look at it from that aspect. But, uh, yeah, right, right now just the, the yards you can give up in the passing game um, and the inability on certain situations. I know – uh, Sam, you disagreed with the Chiefs taking that penalty on second and twenty-four to make it second and thirty-four, but third and twenty-four or second and thirty-four doesn't matter. I mean, you have to be able to stop a team in those sorts of scenarios. Yeah, there. you got to
1: stop. you got to stop either of them for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, either one's a pretty advantageous mm-hmm. thing for for the defense there. But again, you talk about those passes down the middle. That was the pass down the middle that they got to to start that thing off. And um, yeah, we'll see. And funny you say that about Juan Thornhill. Um, we talked about the rookies and how they're having a grow through mistakes, grow through uh, things on the field this year. I mean, the Chiefs option behind Juan Thornhill is Brian Cook. So it's it's kind of both sides of this because we know that Steve Spagnuolo, listen to him talk about Brian Cook, he loves the guy. And again, he's been kind of eased into action. But um, we'll see kind of the grades with Juan Thornhill today, and it's, it's really tough to see from the – from the broadcast view we get to see the all 22 and see exactly how a guy played. So we'll see some PFF grades, get the all 22 film and see a little bit better. But um, that is potentially, I mean, if you look at the season long grades and what has kind of cost the chiefs this year, that's a trade. That's a trade they could make if they wanted to potentially, I'd be a really tough one to make considering the circumstances. But uh, yeah, once again, just kind of rely, shows you how much the chiefs are relying on rookies this year and how much they're going to have to rely on rookies here down the stretch.
0: Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Are you guys in agreement with me that it's time to shelve the the third and one fullback uh,
1: dive? This is all Jesse. Jesse jinxed this entire thing. So I hope we get a lot of comments and and blame towards him for this. Jesse, go ahead.
0: They were undefeated on it last year. Uh, They got it. And and, and successful early this year on it.
2: They got it every single time. I think it is now more in the game plan. But, I mean, let's be honest, Blair. Like, it's not the most – it's not the most crazy of plays. What it is is you've got Joe Tooney and you've got Creed Humphrey. And usually on third and one, especially last year – they could blow those guys off the ball and me or you could run through that one yard hole. And that's what Michael Burton was doing. I mean, you know, he gives a little bit more force than me or you would probably, but uh, you know, most of it is just, you bank on those guys to be able to run that yard one yard upfield and Uh, That play got blown up. I'd like to see the video on that one because, yeah, that that play had no chance from the start. We didn't see that a year ago. Teeth might be scheming more for it, but it makes you wonder about Joe Tooney's injury. uh, Andy Reid said last week the reason he sat out with his ankle is because he couldn't fire off the way he wanted to, so maybe that plays into it. I don't know, but um, I I wouldn't throw the play away. It it just – know, you got to execute the play, and last year the Chiefs went 10 for 10 or 11 for 11 on it, and uh, it might be more in other people's minds right now, but it also – it just – it hasn't worked as much this year. So, um, and we saw Andy Reid doing other things. I mean, they threw the ball a couple of times on bootlegs that weren't successful on third and ones too. So it, it really sort of is in the chief's head. Uh, but you know, I, I do, before we sign off here, you know, it's going to be here in 10 or 15 minutes or whatever. I mean, I, I do want to highlight the chiefs down the stretch. That was an impressive four minute drive. I mean, that really was like to be able to go down there and impose your will, basically uh, Pacheco breaking two tackles, uh, and, and, you know, we got to mention the crazy-ass <laughs> Mahomes play again where he does something you've never seen before in your life, slingshotting his arm up there. So uh, this this game was not devoid of of entertaining moments or moments where you like what the Chiefs did. Uh, that 3rd and 11 to Marquez Valles scantling it's huge, man. I mean, 3rd and 11 against a good defense. They're kind of backed up. Going to give the Broncos the ball back. So uh, you mentioned the six sacks. I mean, there were some good things out of this game. It's just the way the whole game fell. Uh, I looked up. Yeah, the the, the the win probability chart. I mean, the Chiefs were at 100% in the second quarter, 100% on the win probability chart. And then kind of like got it back to 70 or 60. I mean, how do you do that? Like, that doesn't happen on these things. Like, when you're 100%, that means game over. Like, no team has ever blown this sort of lead. And so the Chiefs almost did. But again, um, I thought Pacheco's running. Obviously, uh, McKinnon's catching and his ability to get the first down on that drive, and then just a conversion of a third and eleven. For all that Patrick Mahomes did earlier on to be in his own head and have those three interceptions to bounce back in that way, if we saw that from him in the in the Bengals game last year, again the Chiefs might have been the Super Bowl. So for them to be able to bounce back and still finish off a game, I think that at least is a positive.
0: Yeah, we usually you know usually save the uh, after a loss or or a victory like this we'll save the, the good stuff for later in the week The the upon reflection uh show but you're right there are plenty the, the, the heck the, the fact that they got up 27 and nothing was remarkable and how they did it with uh the the, the crazy mahomes touchdown pass uh the, the willie gay play jarek mckinnon was my star of the game two touchdown receptions hey listen one thing we haven't talked about mahomes touchdown pass to juju smith schuster i thought was a fantastic play where he was uh, about to go down and, and finds uh, number nine in the back of the end zone. That was a heck of a throw by by Patrick Mahomes. That was yeah. Mahomes at his best. Uh, I think
1: four guys might have might have been he might have got a piece of him before he threw that ball, Blair. It
0: was a heck of a play, heck of a play. Um, uh, yeah, and and look, if you had told me before the game, Chiefs, and I know there were I think a nine point favorite. If you had told me they were going to win by six, and I'd have thought. Um, yeah 2317 2020 uh, 2014 something like that I, that would have would have made in, entirely perfect sense to me uh, but the way it unfolded and having to hang on for you know for dear life at, at the end it would have been um i think it would have been the worst regular season loss in the in Andy in the patrick mahomes era anyway and yeah. uh, and, and uh, maybe in the Andy Reid career as well to, to lose a 27 point lead against a, a team that has had a season as poor as the Broncos. So yes, you know good at, one, things
1: happen- at one at one point, Blair, the, the line, the live line on the game moved up to 31 and a half points. <laughs> um so it's yeah, it's certainly not the final result that anybody has an issue with. It's the fact that, you know, they lost by what was it, 21 points over the final two and a half quarters of that game. I, I think, you know, as much as it sounds like Jesse and I are are, are more in agreement on this. I, the defense is a concern, I think, moving forward. And that's not just a reflection of this game, but it's certainly heightened by what we just saw today. The Patrick Mahomes aspect of this, I mean, look, trust, trust the full 14-week picture. I don't think he's going to have another game like that. And so if you're looking for a reason not to you know, feel like a win, it feels more like a loss, it's that the quarterback is going to be fine. But the defense, I, I, I'm not quite so sure, and they'll be fine the rest of the regular season based on the opponents and the schedule they have coming up. Um, but the Chiefs aren't, you know, playing for the final four weeks of the regular season. That you know, they've, they've got certainly have higher aspirations and, and bigger goals in mind.
2: Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, they, the CBS guy said this at halftime, but this is something that's interesting. You remember last week on the third and eleven play, the Chiefs went. Uh, man too, you know, they went to man coverage and when they got up big, they were talking about, Hey, the chiefs went to some zone and some guys were out of place. It didn't look like they really knew as well, what they were doing. And I know Sam, you talked so much to Steve Spagnolo in, in training camp and in the early season, like, Hey, are you going to simplify things to help these guys along and not make things so complex? So they're not thinking. And so it is kind of interesting point for the chiefs. Cause I think he really has done that this year. It seems like he's just kind of allowed these guys to go and make plays. And sometimes the chiefs do look better in man coverage and they look more comfortable in-man coverage uh, and we talk about the linebackers who may be a step slow on those intermediate middle of the field sort of routes so uh, yeah however you get this thing fixed it is kind of a it's kind of a weird dynamic because when you get up 27 nothing your immediate thought I'm sure if you're defensive coordinator is go play some zone let them catch in front of you be safe maybe you'll get an interception but the Chiefs might have lost something Again, we'll get the all 22 video but might have lost something by kind of going away from their style which was uh, that tough man coverage that they play and so Yeah. It's something to watch moving forward, but either way, if you get a lead, you got to figure out how to, to ice it away. Better 27, nothing becoming 34, 28 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So uh, a lot of things too, for the chiefs to watch uh, on further review with film, but end of the day, 10 and three, keeping pace with the bills. They need another bills loss, And if they do, then uh, they're going to love their chances in the playoffs with that overall
0: number one seed. Sarah asks the playing to the level of the opponent question. Um, and it, it i think it's a worthy question for sure and something to think about i look at it more like um the chiefs at Denver they were a big favorite in this game but i believe they were a big favorite in Denver last year wasn't the, the regular season finale and they needed the the the, the big defensive play the, fumble, the the length of the field fumble return in the end to beat the drew lock Broncos who were going nowhere and the chiefs of course were the number two seed more often than not the chiefs have a, 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 you know a close game at Denver. Maybe the one ex- the exception to that I can think of over the last few years was the game in which Patrick Mahomes was hurt. Um, the knee injury game they ended up winning that game like 30 to seven and Mahomes didn't play more than half of it. but even the, the very first start for Mahomes, the um, I, I just I, the, the left-handed pass Mahomes game, another one they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. I just think there's something about division opponents that uh, uh, that, that brings them close. Uh, when it, in, in, in terms of the final score. They, they just know each other so well, and um, and, and, it, and Denver had certainly had the incentive of the long losing streak to the, the Chiefs in this game.
2: So a few things. Uh, for one, we can, you know, playing down the level of their opponent, I mean, the Chiefs were out 27-0, so we at least have to start with that. I mean, the collapse was late, not early, so at least coming into the game, whatever game plan you thought they had or energy level, that started off well. Um, the other thing is I'm I'm trying to kind of remember back 10 years ago, what we all thought about Patriots people talking about the Patriots during their dynasty. You know what I mean? And like how everybody would all the Chiefs chiefsmen talk about oh, the spoiled Patriots people look at them talking about it, another championship run, but they didn't do this right. Or they didn't do that right. I mean, this was their 14 straight win against the Broncos. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, 13 or 14. So 14. obviously you know, close games or not, the chiefs have won that. I think it's the second longest active streak there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so if you look at this game and you say, okay, they should have won by nine What Vegas said they won by six. You made that point earlier, Blair. I mean, the win is the win is the win um, in, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I mean, you can nitpick stuff and you can say, hey, they didn't have that edge, which I think we've hit on that. I mean, the edge is the problem. The edge is you get up 27 nothing and you don't allow it to become a one-score game. I mean, that, that takes mentally being into it that takes more than what the chiefs gave in the second quarter and then later on in the second half but as far as being prepared to play i think that was fine obviously by getting up 27 nothing but they got put into a lull they got put into a lull against the rams they got put into a lull into a lull this game they got put into a lull in the afc championship game and it has cost them before so something to take note of but uh again you know when you beat a team 14 times in a row uh things are going pretty well against that opponent
0: you get up uh, twenty-seven to seven. You don't throw a jump pass when you don't have to jump um, and under throw and have Patrick, you know, a player as good as Patrick Sertan pick it off. Um, I thought that I thought that was Mahomes' worst moment of the game. By the way, that that decision, that throw, um, uh,
1: I just you know, I thought he was a little too cocky yeah. there. And um, anyway, all right, a hell of a play, uh, hell of a play though, Blair. I mean, that was a hell of a play. And I, I Sertan have to get seen his
0: arm under to get, to get his arm under absolutely. The ball. Yeah
1: absolutely that was a that was I agree with you a bad decision but also uh got to give the defense credit for making the play situation and um you know I have seen Mahomes he he quotes he he said three bad decisions and totally agree with them I mean I thought all three of them were as bad decisions as they were bad throws
2: Blair you mentioned this too Jules catch my goodness I mean,
0: the first one, especially he, he came was, out of nowhere to make that. That was fantastic.
2: That was fantastic. Also you, I mean, they mentioned this on the broadcast, but Mahomes looks away guys. He's so good at looking away defenders and then coming right back over back their by their neck or by their shoulder. And so he did that on that play, he looked him away, went to it. And I mean, the guy made an amazing play. So again, still a bad decision. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to take blame for that, but you do have to give the Broncos defense some credit. And there's a reason coming into the game that they had kept the Broncos in so many of these games uh, so far this year.
1: Can I add just one one quick thing, Blair? Before we because I know we should cut out of here quickly. The game was a very nervy fourth quarter and a lot more nervy than it should have been because in the last time the Chiefs actually did score, which once again they did not score in the fourth quarter. They've not found the end zone in the fourth quarter in three consecutive games now, but. It should have been a seven-point game, at least the potential for a seven-point game. With with a minute left in the third quarter, you score a touchdown to go up 12. It's really confounding to me that you don't go for two. And I've always thought that some teams go for two too early. But when it's a two-score game, it's different because it, it you have to score two touchdowns. The Broncos aren't going to be settling for field goals. They're going to be fearful. They're not even going to get three possessions and plus territory to get two field goals and a touchdown, they're going to be going for touchdowns, as they did, by the way. They went forward on fourth down. That's how they got their own final touchdown. That should have – the Chiefs at least should have given themselves an opportunity to make that a seven-point game, and it, it should not have – the Broncos had two possessions with the chance to take the lead, yep. and it was because the Chiefs didn't go for two. And, you know, no guarantee they get it, but there should have been a guarantee that at least they at least attempted to go get it.
0: OK, well, we'll cover that more in the glass glass half filled episode of the show uh, done on Thursday.
1: <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a shorter it's going to be a shorter show, Blair. <laughs> yeah, it will be. It will be. Uh,
0: but join us, please, at 10 a.m. on Thursday, where we talk about the cheese more in preview mode than uh, than in uh, review mode. So great conversation with Jesse Newell and Sam McDowell and our producer and sad Tennessee Titans fan, George Howard. Um, at least the Chiefs won today uh, see Chiefs fans it could be worse that's right That's right. okay join us Thursday and we'll talk to you then we'll have Baje and, and Herbie with us too on, on that day as well take care have a good night everybody that'll do it for today thanks to George Howard our producer and the Sportsbeat KC production team of Monty Davis, Randy Mason Jeff Rosen and Scott Chason Tip of the Cap to Sam McDowell and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights Hey check out Morning Sports Edition, all gazillion pages of it today. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to see what I mean. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.